I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome to Play Me, your ticket to some of the hottest shows by award-winning playwrights, and the conclusion to the Governor General award-winning play, Sexual Misconduct of the Middle Classes, by Hannah Moscovich. Here's a quick recap from parts one and two. John is a successful author and professor on the brink of his third divorce. Annie is his 19-year-old student and his biggest fan. John reluctantly finds himself in the throes of a forbidden affair with Annie, who is a promising young writer herself. John grows concerned about their relationship being discovered, and after an awkward liaison at a sleazy hotel, he finds Annie's youth increasingly hard to ignore. This is the conclusion of Sexual Misconduct of the Middle Classes by Hannah Moscovich, featuring the cast from the Belfry Theatre production, Sarah Canning and Vincent Gale. subconscious, whatever bullshit it was throwing up about Annie in disjointed, amputated pieces and the unnerving sense that these past few months he'd somehow slipped into a delusion, like warm water. Then this morning, at the crack of morning, Dosed on coffee, he'd met with his wife to discuss the terms of their separation, and she'd... She'd loved him. Bombshell at him then. That... That... It... He was oddly sure what he had to do, and he felt he could do it if he did it now. And quickly, it had the... The feeling of passing some biblical test of being... Called back from the edge of some underworld. He texted Annie and cajoled her into coming to his house and meeting him, even though she was in the middle of studying for end-of-year exams. I hope you want to hear about the role of international diplomacy during the Napoleonic Wars. <laughs> and the trope of death in Dickens and how anthropology used to be pretty racist. <laughs> Annie. I don't even smell good. I haven't showered. Annie. Annie. Yeah? 
I um I have something to tell you. I saw my wife this morning. We were discussing the we were supposed to be discussing the terms of our separation. Yeah. My um My wife's pregnant. It was, uh, she and I, we were separated at the time. It was before you and I started to see each other. A few days before. And, yeah. And she, uh, she wants to move back into the, uh, our house and have the, and that's what I want to do. So I have to stop doing this with you. Yeah. Is that, is that any, I'm sorry. Well, these types of things don't last. You probably I knew I wasn't going to be your wife or... I knew you were an older man, and I was a, a girl, and that was the exchange. It's okay. I mean, I'm only 19. I'm going to have lots. Sure. So it's okay. <sighs> You're... Are you crying? Why are you crying? Why are you... Because I'm sorry to lose you. Well, I should... I should probably go. I have an exam tomorrow. Annie, can you do me a favor? Can you buy yourself a new coat? Buy myself a new coat? Yours is ripped up the back. Just a little. Would you get yourself a new coat? I I'm in exams. I don't have time to go shopping. I'll give you the money. I have the money. Are, are you freaking out? Why are you freaking out? I'm gonna go. Okay. I'm... Okay, I'm gonna go. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, I learned a lot. think how materially different his life was now than it had been a few years ago. His life was filled with the detritus of a family, of a three-year-old son who had a lot of primary colored toys and large animal-shaped bins and a basketball hoop in the kitchen and a toy piano in the living room that played on a seemingly endless loop. Here we go round the mulberry bush. 
and he often had the vertiginous sense that the laundry wasn't actually getting any cleaner. Why? Incidentally, he wondered, was there always a toothbrush in the front hallway? He knew somehow, googling her name, social media, that Annie was living in Montreal and doing a master's degree in something fashionable, some newly minted department, performance, performativity. And he'd sent her an email and told her he was coming to Montreal as part of the book tour for his lumberjack novel that, yes, he'd finally finished and published, and it was all glossy and out there in bookstores splayed in front windows across the nation. And he told her he would be in such and such bogish hotel at such and such dates, and would she like to come and join him, catch up, have a drink? And they'd agreed. Though he sensed some hesitation some flatness in her online replies. The social media slash Hollywood frenzy around hashtag me too had hit. Was it eight months ago now? Maybe 10. And his wife had taken to talking cheerily over dinner about how to encapsulate in literature the power of the movement. He'd had a few agonized nights of nearly reaching out to Annie, but to say what? To make some unappetizing appeal to her? To confirm that their affair was consensual, even if it had been unprofessional of him to... to... It had been an odd couple of years after the affair ended. Seeing her floating around the campus, they had studiously avoided one another, but he'd caught sight of her a few times. Once, in fact, as he rushed with his then-pregnant wife to an ultrasound. And then Annie had vanished from campus. Or, from her perspective, graduated. We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. You understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Annie. Nice hotel. It's... I'm... You look good. Yeah? You too, yeah. How's your son? Good. He's three. And the book tour? Good. Good. It's been very well received. Yeah. I read it. And? You know how good it is. Yeah? Well, it's very nice to see you, Annie. <laughs> How's Montreal? I like it. I like that I can't understand what anyone's saying. Maybe they're saying romantic things, probably not, but I can't tell. Do you like school? 
nice campus. Grass. Yeah. Performativity. Performance? But writing it? So what is it? Playwriting? You don't want to talk about it? We can. Did you not want to see me? Well, why uh, did you want to? I thought it would be nice. Catch up. Okay. I, uh... Huh. I asked you to meet me in a hotel. Well, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't... How have you been, Annie? Good. I'm a TA, and I, uh... I have students who are 19. I, sometimes I do think. I look at them and I think they look young. You were young. Yeah. You were also, in some ways, you were talented. If you thought I was talented, you could have mentored me. That would have been fine. You didn't have to take me to hotels to mentor me. You didn't like the no, sex? No, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying that. So what didn't you like? I don't... I don't know. But I did want you to approve of me or like me, which... Approve of you? Yeah, you singled me out, and I felt very good, like, very good about that. And I wanted you to like me so much. I did like you. I liked you. And so when you wanted what you wanted, that seemed like part of it. I loved you. I was in love with you. Yeah? Yeah. In love with me. I mean, it wasn't because I just wanted to fuck a student, any student. But it's probably hard to say no to all that. That I felt that other girls no, feel... No, 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 it's not hard. With you, I... Yeah, I, I don't know why with you, I... I'm not the only one, though. Oh, no, I've had lots of wives and girlfriends, and sometimes both at the same time. But I mean... No. Annie, I'm still on faculty. If you don't like what happened, why don't you go to the faculty and make a formal... Because it doesn't feel good to do that. Go to the media. It doesn't feel good to. And I did want what we did. And I don't know how to... Anyway, I wouldn't. I, I don't want to for all the... I don't think I'm that person. And I don't know what... Look, I'm trying to work out what... Why? How to... How to think about it all. And I'm a TA, and I have students, and they're young, and I know what I must have seemed like to you, but you don't know how much I... I... 
I would have done anything to have you like me. I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, and it... And I stopped hoping someone would like me. And it was my first time away from my mom and dad, and you were nice to me and famous. One of my friends said, John Macklem's on a book tour. Let's get tickets. Let's sit in the front row, see him up close. And I, I couldn't tell her that I would have liked to ask her how to think about it. But I can't. I can't tell her. And I can't talk to anyone about it. What? What? But what? That sounds... Sounds a little, yeah. What? That I can't tell my friend that it's weird to go and hear you talk because I fucked you for a semester? Yeah, yeah. It sounds childish. Well, I'm 23. Which is four years older than I was when you fucked me, so... What are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? Are you mad at me? Listen to me. No, listen! He'd been surprised when Annie wrote to him. Of course, it would have been easy to find his email. It was on the college website and asked for a few minutes of his time. He'd followed Annie's career as she started to get notices for her work. A few preview pieces in magazines at first, a few reviews here and there, and then a career acceleration towards larger productions and awards. Last year, when Annie'd won a national prize, he'd taken the risk of saying to his wife over breakfast, that's one of my former students. Because for a second, Inexplicably, he felt a heart swell and a strange urge to sob as though Annie was his. It was as though that award, that recognition, connected him to her in some way he couldn't articulate. And he wanted to boast about her. His wife made a cooing sound and congratulated him on having so talented an ex-student And of course, then she read a little about Annie on Wikipedia or somewhere, and for a few weeks, she brought Annie up over dinner and enthused about her and wondered aloud if Annie could be persuaded to write fiction. His wife was by now the head of her publishing house, and the nightmarish possibility that Annie and his wife would team up loomed into view. Apparently, Annie had the good sense not to respond to any of his wife's querying emails to her agent. But now, a few months later, an email out of the blue asking for this meeting? And here he was waiting. He could see her walking slowly down the corridor towards his office, silhouetted, reading the numbers on the office doors. Hi. Thanks for agreeing to meet. You look good. You look well. 
Thank you. How's your wife and son? Both good. Thanks. Jonah's 11, and uh, we had another one, a girl, Maisie. Congratulations on the Order of Canada. Jonah, my son, plays hockey. He was up for a Most Valuable Player Award on his school team. And he woke up on the morning of the awards ceremony and he said, all in one breath, stupid awards, I hope I win. Do you know that I write? I, yeah, of course I know. Have you seen anything I've written? I, uh... But I'm proud of you. In fact, I have a couple of nieces. I've bought them tickets to your work for holidays and birthdays and the like. It's going to be produced next year, here, in town. I wanted to, uh... It's about us. It is. Nothing in it that... No names, no... Sure. I've switched the decade and most of the... Most of what... Sure. And, uh... Uh, I wrote it from your point of view. Why? Uh, well... I wanted to tell the story that happened I wanted to figure it out and that felt like the only way to do it it felt like like it happened from your point of view I'm looking forward to it I feel better now. Play packs a punch. What a way to turn the trope of the teacher-student affair and give all the power back to the student. I love how we find out at the end that Annie has been controlling the narrative all along despite that we think we're hearing it from John's perspective. And now that I've had a chance to read the play a few times and now hear it several times, I love listening to all the little Easter eggs that Hannah has dropped along the way, letting us in on this. If you listen to it again, you can definitely pick up some clues. Yes, it's a great turn at the end. And Hannah writes such powerful economic dialogue. She leaves out words and lets you fill in the blanks about what has not been said between the two characters, which only adds to the tension. We will be back next week with an in-depth interview with Hannah Moscovich. And if you'd like to hear more of her work, you can also listen to her plays, What a Young Wife Ought to Know, Secret Life of a Mother, 
and Bunny. All of them are available now on Play Me. The play featured Sarah Canning and Vincent Gale. This recording was directed by Michael Shimada and featured some original music by Tobin Stokes. Sound design and editing are by Chris Tolley. Sexual Misconduct of the Middle Classes received its world premiere at the Tarragon Theatre in Toronto in 2020. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And just a reminder, you can always catch us on CBC Radio 1 on Sunday nights at 9 and Wednesday nights at 11. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can connect with us by emailing playme at cbc.ca. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Play Me through Google or Apple Podcasts. By subscribing, you can listen to all our past shows and you won't miss a single one of our new episodes. And while you're there, we would love it if you would consider rating and reviewing us. It helps spread the word about our podcast, bringing theatre to a whole new audience. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. A special thanks to our CBC team. Anna Ashate is our digital producer, and our executive producer is Cecil Fernandez. The director of CBC Podcasts is Arif Narani, and the executive director is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.